Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hi there, Kirsty. Hi. Hi. <laughs> I don't know, it's just been a while since we recorded one, just the two of us. I thought I'd just say hi at the start. <laughs> hi guys, welcome to Season 10, Episode 12 of the Pet Photographers Club. I'm Caitlin McCall and I'm here with my co-host, Kirsty McConnell, and we're doing a wrap-up episode for the end of Season 10 and we're nearing the end of 2021, which is just insane. So Kirsty and I are coming to you today with our top five favorite moments from episodes and interviews in 2021, our our favorite takeaways. I know there's a lot of content that we put out with the Pet Photographers Club and it can be easy to miss episodes along the way. So we thought that this might be a good opportunity to basically tell you the top five episodes that we think you definitely need to go back and re-listen to if you missed it when it was first released. But before we get into that, I just want to give you a heads up that we are having our annual Black Friday sale. It's 20% off across the store. So all of our signature courses, um, membership, the guides, everything from the Pet Photographers Club is 20% off. We'll get more into that at the end of this episode, but I just wanted to give you a heads up straight away, just in case you're listening to this and you happen to be on your computer. Um, So it's ending on the 1st of December. We'll put a link to it in the show notes as well. So you can head over to the Pet Photographers Club to find that. Um, but otherwise just head head on over to our website. Um, it's the petphotographersclub.com forward slash black dash Friday. And I'm sure we will have it in our newsletter and social medias and all of that good stuff. But in case you are listening to this live <laughs> um, or within a week of us recording it then yeah just wanted to give you that heads up because it's the biggest sale that we do so um it tends to be really popular but yeah it's ending on the 1st of december all right let us dive in to this wrap-up episode our top five favorite moments from 2021 let's jump in cursed um do you want to start off with your first takeaway Yes, mine takes us back to um, earlier this year to season eight, episode three, when we had the expert panel from this year's Pet Photographers Conference, virtual conference. Um, We had an expert panel where we asked the other professionals that joined us what they would do to kickstart their business if moving location or changing genres. I think that episode, well, it was uh, recorded entirely for the conference and then we um, shared it onto the club as well. Um, I think it was just full of so much good information. Even if you're not moving location or changing genres, I mean, these are fantastic marketing strategies basically that were released in this episode, whether or not you're, you're actually moving. So my actual favorite one out of all the tips that were suggested was uh, by Mark Rosetto, who you all know, I think of as a chief of marketing, basically. (laughs) Um, He suggested one of the things he would do is he would establish a network of industry professionals. Um, So definitely jump back if you haven't already and have a listen to that episode to hear all the other um, hints that everybody else shares and, and the processes that they would do 
do. But I loved Mark's idea and it's actually something I have trialed before and worked very well for me as well, not quite to the extent that Mark did it. Um, so to hear like how to next level that, I would definitely go back and have a listen. Basically his um, idea was that he would form strong relationships with other people that could help his business thrive. Um, so other business people effectively. So he was talking about doing a Melbourne wedding collective, but for us as pet photographers, something we could do is create like a casual coffee meetup with, um, you know, your local independent small pet businesses. So the one I did actually was I had a, um, I had Emily from I do Paws, So she runs a business that she will look after your dog on the day of your wedding, like take the dog to the wedding and be the 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 person in charge of that so she was a micro business so she was there I had a um vet behaviorist who would come a guy that does PT uh, personal training with your dog uh he was part of our personal training with my dog (laughs) yes so cool idea yeah so he was just starting out he was the newest one that joined us um a dog trainer, a somebody who has like dog boarding, boarding kennel basically. There was a whole group of us, like just a small group, but five or six of us, a doggy grub, they made a fresh dog food, got delivered to your door. So we're all tiny micro businesses and myself, I created it. I had uh, these people come around to my studio, but if you don't have a studio, it doesn't matter. Just meet at a coffee place or meet at somebody else's business. Um, and we would just chat basically about business, about life, about what was hard, what we needed help with. And we would try to form real relationships, helping each other. And it worked really well for me because I, um, you know, obviously got referrals from these guys, all of them became clients of mine and it worked well for them as well for the reverse reasons. So, um, it does definitely work. I've given you a very quick understanding of how I would do it, but definitely jump back to season eight, episode three, because uh, Mark goes into that in a little bit more detail and the others share really good little nuggets in there as well. So that's my number one favorite. (laughs) I love that. And I love that you have a more casual spin on what can sound a little bit intimidating, like establish a network sounds big, whereas make a monthly coffee catch-up date with other micro-businesses sounds very doable. So I like that spin on as well. By the way, guys, um, because these episodes are from, you know, all throughout the year, if you want to just head over to the show notes at thepetphotographersclub.com forward slash podcast forward slash one zero one two for this episode and then we will have links to all the other episodes there so you don't have to go too much of searching if you're on that website um my takeaway um is totally different uh but when Kirsten and I were discussing this she was I was talking about um the episode with Michaela Vargas, the blogging expert in season 10, episode seven. And Kirsty was saying, wasn't there something that made you really excited when we were talking to Michaela? I was like, yes. And it's so random, but if we're picking out top takeaways or top exciting moments, um, it's 
Michaela talking about SEO, just in general, she was really, really helpful at breaking it down for how we can make blogging work for um, for our businesses and for our websites and how we can really get that search engine optimization going. But just the random little tidbit that she threw in there, which was that Google understands synonyms. <laughs> um, sorry, it's a difficult word in both cases. Synonyms, it's not, a synonym, <laughs> but, you know. Um, Google understands synonyms. Uh, it uses neural matching. So basically you don't have to use the same keywords all the time, which as someone with a really niche uh, business, pet photography, I assume you listening also have this niche business. So then I start, I found it difficult in the past to work out what keywords I should be using because pet photographer is what I want to be ranking for, not necessarily um, a Cavalier King Charles Spaniel photographer, for example. But Michaela informed us that Google understands just words that are similar, so you don't have to, and in fact, you shouldn't be using the same keywords over and over and over again. So that has completely changed up how I um, do our search engine optimization, both for the club and for Ragamuffin. So that was a handy little tidbit to learn along the way. Sometimes it really is just like a tiny little thing like that that can just Mm -hmm. make such a difference as well. Like, you know, you sort of said, oh, it's just a tiny little tip, but a tiny tip is sometimes all you need. Um, I also really enjoyed that episode with Michaela. I got a lot from that um, in terms of SEO as well. Um, I really liked how she broke it down with – the URL slug, like the importance of changing, um, you know, the, the slug for absolutely everything. So making it, um, the pricing page instead of it being, you know, ragamuffinpetphotography.com.au slash pricing, she was saying ragamuffinpetphotography.com.au slash Melbourne pet photography pricing. So it's a, your keywords also in the slug. And that never occurred to me. I always did that for my, my blog. I always had the right, you know, slug there, but for general pages, I didn't. And I guess in my head, I just thought like simple was best, but in fact, you never tell your client like on the phone, oh yeah, just go to ragamuffin.com.au slash pricing. I mean, you never do that. You, you send them to your homepage anyway, and then your website takes them through the flow of your site. They don't need to know a quick short handle. And if it's a page that they do need, you know, a short URL, then you can easily have a, have a domain pointing there anyway. So anyway, I thought that was, um, a really, really good tip. And also the one that you said as well with the, um, that Google knows synonyms, um, especially like you said, you know, having to always get creative and use like Labrador dog, King Charles dog, you know, it's a. Yeah, because Michaela was explaining to us that you really don't want to be repeating the keywords. And she was using the example of like, if you're a photographer, you might have newborn photography or wedding photography, which is fine and great if you're a photographer that shoots lots of different genres. But as we asked her, like if we're pet photographers and it's really just pets that we photograph how do we how 
can we be varying up these keywords that we apparently shouldn't be repeating? Um, so yeah, that was, it was such a good conversation with her. I thought she was really, really interesting and she's so good at explaining everything clearly. So yeah. definitely check out that one. I agree. So that was season 10, episode seven. So a semi-recent one, just a few um, episodes ago that was released. Um, but if you haven't checked it out yet, that's a uh, yeah, big tip from both Caitlin and I. <laughs> the next one or, or another one that is top of my list at least was uh, the chat that I had with um, Chris Garback. I hope is how you pronounce his last name. I always stumble on it. He's the co-founder of Studio Ninja and uh, I had a chat with him that I recorded especially for um, the students in my Business Foundations Challenge, but then it was full of so much gold that I decided to share it with all of you as well, listening to the club, um, listening to the podcast. And the little tip that I got from Chris was something so clever. It was basically that you can make your CRM work for you. So Studio Ninja, if you haven't listened yet, are a client relationship management software or more studio management software. Um, And basically I was asking him how you can track lead conversions in his software, which is something that most studio management softwares that I've used don't really do as well as I would like them. I think it's really important to be able, you know, if I'm doing a promotion, I want to know how many leads came in from that promotion, how many of them converted into clients and what my average spend was from that campaign or that promotion, um, rather than just having a general average um, average sale f- across my studio, I want to know how it compares promotion to promotion. So I know if I need to do something different or if I need to scrap that promotion or whatever. And most of the CRMs actually don't have a way for you to do that. I've noticed when I've been searching for new ones and Chris pointed out a simple tip <laughs> that basically you could use job types to track your leads. So if you just change the job type, because we're pet photographers, we don't need to have a job type set as wedding or and another one as family and another one as pet and another one as boudoir, etc. because we're almost always doing pets. And so what you can do is have those job types set as the different promotions. And that way you can get really detailed um, reporting from from your leads, which was like, why didn't I think of that before? Such a, you know, bit of a no-brainer really. So I was so glad to have that chat with Chris and get that it, like really, really great um, tip from him. If you haven't already listened to that episode, it was also a semi-recent one. It was season 10, episode six. It is with Chris from Studio Ninja. And if you are looking for a new way to manage your leads, inquiries, um, your your tasks that you have to do within your studio, anything studio, uh, studio management relation in relation to studio management, sorry. Um, I would definitely check out Studio Ninja. We do have a coupon code for you guys if you're looking at 
uh, getting started with them. It is super easy, PPPI50. It gives you 50% off your first year. So just in case you're looking for a new one or to get started, um, there's also a free trial. They do free migration services, just like super easy to get started with them. And if you're looking for a super simple, easy to use platform, that would be my recommendation. Um, But check out the episode first anyway, because it's uh, full of great tips. So that was my my other takeaway, one of my big takeaways from this year, just uh, use job types for your lead tracking. <laughs> my next takeaway was from season nine, episode six, we interviewed Zoe Hildemark, who is a PR expert. Now, for me, I don't know about you, Kirst, but I find um, PR a little bit intimidating. It seems like this whole other area that can be huge and really Fantastic for our businesses, um, but, you know, none of us, presumably none of us have studied PR, so it can be a little bit scary to know where to start and who we should be contacting and everything. So Zoe was really good at breaking it down for us. I'm going to say that it's an episode that you should go back and watch, which was season nine, episode six, but where she had, for me personally, a huge impact was that step-by-step guide that she put together for us. So she created, if you guys haven't checked this out yet, we'll put a link to this in the show notes as well. Um, Basically, Zoe put together this four-part step-by-step guide to approaching the media to promote your success. And she did that at the same time as the Pet Photographer of the Year Award um, were coming out and all the results were coming out. So we used the press release that Zoe put together and that she shared with you guys to contact the media. And it got us articles in the Daily Mail, the Telegraph, like so many amazing um, press moments for the club and for you guys um, who were part of the awards and for the winners. They were all just coming through um, and it was just really highlighted the power of good PR for us. So um, I don't know, it was just a really exciting moment for Kirstie and I, but it was really great to see um, sort of just an easy way to be doing this. So yeah, Zoe explained it all so clearly. It was really fantastic. Again, we'll put a link to that in the show notes, but it's season nine, episode six is the episode, the interview with Zoe and highly, highly recommend you go back and listen to that one. I just want to add to that um, how easy it actually was using that press release. So basically what happened, because many of you might not know, um, Zoe created the press release, especially for anybody that was shortlisted in the top 100. So you could use it word for word, basically maybe just replacing, like adding your name and business name, and then it was ready to send to your media contacts. She also included in that step-by-step guide how to find media contacts, et cetera, et cetera. So all I did, um, I had a media contact from last year's awards. I sent her an email. She is a... Well, anyway, I sent her an email and her role, I can't remember the actual name of her job title, but basically she has, uh, Caitlin, remind me if you know, but she has a network of different papers and different magazines that she works with and submits to. Um, so I didn't have to contact the New York Times, the Telegraph, the Daily Mail and all these other places individually. I just sent Zoe's press release word for word. I didn't change anything to 
this uh, intermediate who, I'm so sorry, I can't remember the the name of her role. Um, And she forwarded it with whatever else she did to this, to everybody around the world. And it was incredible. Like that's all I did. I just, I sent an email to me three minutes maybe. And uh, within like a matter of a week, I had all this like, I remember I opened Instagram one day and Kat Race had tagged us and sent me a message saying, you guys, you're also in the Daily Mail. And I was like, what? <laughs> guys, we're all in the Daily Mail. And then the next day it was the Telegraph and the next day it was the New York Times. And I called my dad. It was like 5 a.m. in Australia. And I'm like, too bad. He'll be up in 10 minutes anyway. And I called him like, dad, dad, we're in the New York Times. <laughs> It was very exciting for me. And then it, they just kept coming through all the emails into our inbox. There was uh, newspapers in Greece, Portugal, Slovakia, Germany, Switzerland, Australia. It was like going everywhere. And um, all it took was a press release that was written professionally and one contact for all of that to happen. This is the power of actually putting, like having the right elements to put things together and uh that's that's why we had Zoe, you know, make it available for, for you guys as well. So first thing, you can head over to the blog on the Pet Photographers Club website and um, I've shared a little, we've shared a little part of that step-by-step um, guide that Chloe, uh, sorry, Zoe uh, created. So you can read through that first and then if you decide that you would also like to grab the full guide, uh, you can grab it grab it as well there's a link directly from that blog post too um and even if you know it might not be for the awards it might be for something else you can just tweak the pr you know the the press release a a little bit and it'll suit whatever you're doing and honestly it was so worth it to me i mean three minutes and look at the impact that it made and for all of you you know like anybody that was uh you know uh, obviously shortlisted or, or that won an award it's great for you because that's press, you know, free press for you all. But also it's great for all of us as an industry as a whole. I mean, to have pet photography being spoken about or written about in the New York Times, that really helps our industry to grow, you know. So um, it was very exciting for, for all of us and definitely I'm grateful for Zoe uh, for that and uh, definitely jump back and listen to the episode too because she shares some other really great tips not just to do with um, that exact press release and um, the awards but just in general how you can make the most of uh, free free coverage basically free uh, promotion through through PR so check that out for sure Should we look at the next one? Um, Yes, lucky last. Okay, I can take it away. It would be, I reckon, season 10, episode 5 with uh, Meg McMillan. She is the personal branding expert. So any of you who are trying to or wanting to or starting to work with pet micro pet businesses as in they become your clients that's a really great episode to check back into I've actually had a bunch of pet photographers recently reach out to me and ask me you know hey what did you used to do when you did um headshots for a vet clinic or headshots for a groomer or whatever how did you charge for that and uh, now I just say oh just go and check out this episode because actually uh that's Meg's specialty not for pets but it the same applies. My number one takeaway from that episode was actually the chat that we had about 
giving um, the relevant parties rights uh, and, and copyright and everything to the images. So my question for Meg was what happens if you, you know, photograph, let's say, um, a dog walker, I think was the example, um, and the shoot was for the dog walker, she paid for the images or he it was for their business, but then in the photo shoot, the models are, the dog models are actual clients of the dog walker. And so what happens then? Does it get tricky? Can you double up? Can you sell the images to both the dog walker and the pet parents? Or do you sell to the dog walker and then they're allowed to sell? Do you sell to the dog walker and then they're allowed a gift? Like what are the options? And uh, we spoke about that in length uh, with Meg in that episode. And I think it was really interesting, but there's so so much else in that episode as well. Have you done many um, branding shoots like that, Caitlin? I know you do some stuff for the vet for. Yeah. Um, honestly, aside from the vet, most of my commercial, I'm using quotes because it, it, it's small businesses, um, but, you know, it's not private shoots. So most of my commercial shoots are with small businesses and doing more personal branding stuff. So I found that episode really, really helpful because it was just a whole different way of approaching that. But, you know, like dog trainers or um, it's mostly dog trainers now that I'm thinking about it um, who want sort of that personal branding photography. Um, But, yeah, I do a lot with them and – it, it, it was really interesting talking to Meg and getting her perspective on how you can do that successfully. So, mm-hmm. yeah. What I really liked about the way Meg does it is that, you know, she's aware that they're also a very micro business. You know, it's yeah. not like often when you speak with commercial photographers, their ways of doing things don't really align with the way that we can do things when our clients are micro businesses. I mean, can you imagine being charged yourself as a micro business um, commercial rate? I mean, it, it becomes unaccessible, right? I mean, as a small business, well, at least for most of the listeners, I mean, we cannot afford to do $15,000 shoots every year and then yeah. only have rights to those images in specific places and, and then I, have to pay. Sorry. I, no, no, no. I was just agreeing that it, it feels like when you try to learn about how much should I be charging for commercial photography and, um, you know, licensing and all that sort of stuff, then the, a lot of the education out there is for big commercial shoots. Mm-hmm. So then you feel like, well, am I, I can't, I can't charge that. Well, they're not going to pay that. So I've got no idea what to charge. So I just, I don't know, we'll throw something out there. It was just interesting for Meg to have a strategy that's profitable for us like we're not suggesting that just because the micro business can't afford a $15,000 shoot means that you have to throw throw everything in and give it all away and like it can still be a really profitable income stream for us but priced in a way that will mean that you get the job you know it's still good value for the client as well um so, yeah, it's it an interesting conversation. Yeah, I like to look at it and I think 
that's probably why we really enjoyed the conversation with um, with Meg as well because I think she has this similar way of considering it. But for us who generally work with private clients, I look at it like, okay, well, it takes me six hours to work with a private client and my average sale is $2,200 minus a little bit of uh, cost of goods, etc. It also takes me six hours to work with a branding client and I can – So why can't I still have my average sale of $2,200? I mean, why do I suddenly, because they're a business, have to make $10,000 from the same amount of work? It doesn't really feel right. And I think because this is where a lot of us get stuck, it doesn't feel right. Like we're we're torn. It's like, well, I don't want to undercut a commercial photographer, but I'm not... I'm also not offering what a commercial photographer offers. I mean, commercial photographer is often hiring models, bringing in lighting, makeup artists, etc., and charge for that, itemized, you know. Um, we're also not taking their clients because a dog walker that, you know, works for part-time for $18,000 a year is never going to be able to afford $15,000 a year on a commercial shoot. So they're never going to be the client of the commercial photographer. I think that is the point is that it's recognizing who the client is Mm -hmm. um, and being able to customize your pricing to, to suit that. Like if you've, if you've, got a bigger client again you wouldn't be charging what this market you wouldn't be charging your personal branding prices for a bigger company um but yeah anyway I just thought it was interesting um and it really opened up different ways that we could do that as a as a revenue stream as a mm-hmm. pet photographer, so really like that. Yeah, no, I think um, it was a really great episode. So season 10, episode 5, if you want to head back and listen to that one with Meg McMillan. Yes. Now, before we wrap up this episode um, and wrap up season 10 in general, we if you are listening to this live or within, you know, the next couple of weeks, then we are having our annual Black Friday sale. It is a site-wide sale and you can save 20% off site-wide. I'll put a link to that in the show notes as well or you can head over to the petphotographersclub.com forward slash black dash Friday, but we'll put a link to that. So we've got everything. So, you know, club membership, usually $100, it's $80. Um, The self-publishing for photographers program, the business foundations challenge. Now that's something that you're running, Kirsty. When's your next one starting? Yes. So we are starting the next one on the 26th of January. If you are new to business in the first year, maybe 18 months, if you're not hitting your goals yet, if you're a bit overwhelmed when it comes to pricing or marketing, you feel like you're just kind of guessing at how to make this business profitable, then it is for you. It starts on the 26th of January. You can either book into the entire 12 weeks. So it's one call per week for 12 weeks there is of course a replay available if you can't make it you know a couple of weeks um or you can book into just an individual class that appeals to you i do recommend that if you are doing just a few classes some of them go together quite well so for example um there are three separate marketing classes one is on passive marketing networking and community and then the other two are basically you kind of need to do both so just keep that in mind um 
And then there is also sales. So talking about like uh, closing lines, how to actually run an IP, in, sorry, an in-person sales appointment, selecting products and price um, suppliers, pricing it, everything basically. So it starts on the 26th of January um, and we'll put a link to it in the show notes for this episode. If you are a bit further along in your business, um, if you're three plus years in business, get excited because the conference is happening again next year. I did mention that my first takeaway from this year's podcast is actually the expert panel chat, um, which came from the conference this year. So we are having another conference next year. It's going to be a little bit later on, um, but it is aimed at photographers that are three plus years in business. So this will be a new content that you haven't heard. Um, so if you're a bit further along in your business and you're ready to just I don't know, go hard, (laughs) join us for that. Details will be released, uh, I guess, early next year, Caitlin. Yeah. Um, And just in general, Black Friday sale, all the guides. So there's a pet of the year guide. um, There's a Tales of the World guide. We've got a few different ones. Um, They're also all 20% off. So you can use the coupon code Black Friday, all one word, um, and get yourself some really good deals. All right. um, Sorry. <laughs> that's, all, that's all. I was just getting excited. <laughs> um, actually, a couple more things. If you guys haven't noticed just while we're chatting, um, we've been uh, doing some hosting some more events that you can all get involved with uh, recently. So they've been really fun, really nice way to just hang out together, learn some things together, grow together, etc. Um, there is a meetup this Sunday, if you're catching this uh, episode in time, in London, totally free, obviously. I mean, just grab a coffee or a wine or whatever you're going to drink. Um For any pet photographers that are in the UK or or happen to be in London on Sunday, I'd love for you to join me. We're also having a workshop on the uh, Tuesday, the 30th of November. It's at 8.30 Rome time in the evening, which is half past six uh, the next morning in Melbourne, I guess, or 2.30 p.m. New York time or 11.30 a.m. LA time. That workshop is going to be on how to run a successful pet of the year competition. So that's just in time for you to do it at the end of this year as your final marketing campaign to kickstart next year. So that one's happening and there'll be more and more workshops and, um, events that you can attend next year as well. So we're super excited to start, you know, or or continue, um, bringing you all together for these kinds of things. And and it's really nice to see you all getting involved. So hope to see some of you in some of those soon. Yay. All right. Well, on that note, hope you enjoyed this little wrap up episode. Definitely check out the show notes, the petphotographersclub.com forward slash podcast forward slash one zero one two for season 10, episode 12. And we will catch up with you in season 11. Bye, guys. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Pet Photographers Club. To subscribe to the podcast, check out other episodes, and keep up to date, head to thepetphotographersclub.com.